4: mind. It's Tuesday afternoon, it's the morning afternoon after the day before, um, I'm joined by Lawrence and Colin, happy new year to both of you guys, happy new year to all our listeners and happy Christmas, I've not been on, um, a few of us haven't been on I think since uh, mm-hmm. Santa popped down the chimney and delivered uh, more free points for Celtic uh, over that winter festive period, the game against St Johnson, Easter Road and then the draw yesterday. We got out of Ibrooks unscathed. Um we're still nine points clear at the top of the table. So do wrap up if you are out in Govan. Colin, good new year. Um you know right into it. It wasn't the best Celtic performance that we've seen. Um a lot of people are saying it's the worst of been this evening, even poorer than that St Munn game but for me getting at the game, it was just all about, you know, staying at the top of the table and keeping whether it be a nine point gap or a twelve point gap.
2: Uh, if you listen to Michael Beale, it could have been a three point three. gap. Um but no genuinely it was so important yesterday um to come out of that with at least something. Um and for long spells of that second half, I thought we were going to come away with absolutely nothing. Because we were we were pretty poor. We weren't creating anything. If you take a look at the stats, two shots on target, two goals I mean, that sounds clinical, but in a game like that, normally there's the odd chance here and there that kind of you think, oh, that's going to come back and bite us, but we didn't really have anything like that at all. Um, we just sort of lacked the the sort of urge going forward to create something, and I don't know what it comes down to, whether it comes down to the fact that we've been playing so many games in such a short period of time since we came back. Um, I don't know what it was yesterday, but um obviously delighted with that sort of, nearly last-minute equaliser because it does continue that mantra of we'd never stop. And it has shown now that it doesn't matter if it's a, an equaliser or a winner, this team will fight to the end. And that's exactly what we haven't seen from Celtic teams in the past. And it's great to see it installed in this Celtic team now.
4: That's important. Um, and obviously, you know, you're saying if you're listening to Michael Bale, if you'd have been listening to Stephen Gerrard during his time in Glasgow, remember he was wanting games to finish at 80 minutes. So Celtic would have <laughs> obviously got beaten. Yesterday, Lawrence, I was quite surprised because being at the game, you know, like Colin said, you always think that we're going to score, We always thought we were going to have that chance and us. Our performance didn't reflect that, but yet again, we pop up with a goal. Um, you're a great believer um, in Celtic. Did you have that feeling that we were always going to get that chance at the end to, to try and grab something for the game, or were you a wee bit nervy towards the end of the game? No, I, I thought we'd still get
3: it. Listen, well, in seven minutes, I thought we, 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 we could still kill okay. something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't think they were even in the game. It was well, a training ground exercise up until Hart, uh, gives us all wee bit of a heart attack, you know. So up until then, the it, it looked more or less a training ground exercise, did it? you know. On possession, you know, we, we didn't get as many shots as we normally do, but possession, you know, just over sixty percent possession away from home, and it, in a game that you know, all we had to do was not lose, which we achieved. Uh, you know, Greg Taylor obviously, the you off know, hampered us, give us four defender, right foot defenders. They've got a bit of joy up against Yuranovich. Yeah, Probably, you know, there, there were some decisions that are, yeah, should, could maybe even just have been looked at instead of you know, refusal we look at them. But, yeah, all in all, you know, you've got to be happily appointed and nine points clear at the beginning of the year. Lawrence,
2: you've already mentioned it, but we've got to talk about Joe Hart. Yes, the Declan. I mean, could he have done anything for the goals? I wouldn't say so, but his sort of lack of command of his area, it brought them back into the game because as Longs was saying, for the first 20-odd minutes, once we'd got the goal, we were strolling, we were creating a lot of chances, we are pinning them back. Um, and then at that point, once you've got a stadium like Ibrooks silent, you need to keep it silent. You have to stop them because... Realistically, in Celtic note as well, if you get 60,000 behind you at Parkhead, that's a 12th man. Now, I don't know how many men they had yesterday because some people will tell you the V E R and the refs and all that all count in there as well, but when they've got 50,000 behind them, that's an intimidating atmosphere. And Hart is one of our more experienced players, really has to step up. He's been involved in major European tournaments, he's been involved in World Cups, Euros, yeah. he's played at the highest level, And it was almost as if he was scared to come out off his line yesterday. And that is not what you need in a game
4: like that. There was a number of moments, Colin. You know, we know that Rangers like to fire balls into the box. There was a good few where you're thinking, just come and collect the ball. You know, you can do it. And he stood in his line. But that moment, you know, Tony's highlighted it here, 25, 26 minutes, whenever it was. I don't know what he's doing. And we know that this Celtic team like to play out for the back, Lawrence. But as Colin rightly says, you know he's the most experienced player in this team, and making an error like that, which I think really did change the game. You obviously mentioned Greg Taylor going off. I thought that impacted us, but we'll get on to talk about that kind of balance in defence when you had two right-footed players playing your left side of defence. But that mistake from Hart just seemed to give Rangers that wee bit of hope because he did absolutely nothing in the game up until then. We'd got what we were hoping for that early goal through Dyson Maeda. And as Colin says, when you're up against it, when you have get the atmosphere against you, we had quiet in Dybrook's that get them all back off their seats, and then they started to come back and good one the game a wee bit.
3: Yeah, it seemed to give them a bit of belief that you know they might be able to get something up until that point. You know, it was really comfortable. You know, I, I thought Hearts oh, just got him a bit quicker. You know, track and keep it as he is. He, he does have these moments, doesn't he, throughout the season. We've drawn one, lost one so far in the league. You know it's not huge, but if he doesn't do that, I don't see him coming back into the game. It, it, it was close to me. I was thinking, this is training ground. This is as easy as I've seen. Get you know a game eyebrows because we were just on nothing up until then. And yeah, it, it seemed to spark the crowd and and the team fed off of that. So yeah, Joe, yeah. come on mate. Yeah, you know I know you've pulled us out on occasions, but. But for that, I, I think we'd easily got the three points. I, th- I think it was so pivotal in the game, uh, what was happening, and it, it, and it was absolutely out of nothing. Hmm. So, yeah, just wake up, Joe, because uh, he, he just seemed to be as if he was sleeping. I don't know if he was getting so bored. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, it wasn't very commanding in his box either. There was a couple of times he did come for it, but he, he let the player get in front of him. Thank God they didn't get it in target. But, yeah, he, 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 he needs to need stay. His concentration, shall we say, because that was, you know, it was boredom and criminal, wasn't
4: it? Yeah, it was. And Colin, you know, I think a lot of people were looking at an incident like that. And other times, he's oh. maybe looked a wee bit too cool, um, you know, with the ball at his feet in the box and saying, you know, is that an area of the park that Celtic do need to be looking at possibly in the summer months mm-hmm. to take us to that next level of football? Because you know, but we keep going back to it. Joe Hart has been an absolutely fantastic signing for Celtic since he came in. He brought that experience, that leadership. He was important to his last season. He's been important this season. But if I possibly wanting to go to that next level and do the things that the manager wants his goalkeeper to do, is he going to be that person for us?
2: I don't think so. Obviously, the, the experience that he brings is second to none, right? But when he can't put that experience into action on the park, then you're thinking, right, the next thing that you could possibly do is use that experience to bring through the next big player. Mm-hmm. Now, we spoke about the kind of future of guys like Toby Miami We've seen uh, Benji Segrist coming through. And it was interesting seeing Segrist wasn't on the bench yesterday. I never actually found out what happened to him. I don't know if it was an illness or what it was. Um, but I, I really want to see Segrist, at least for the second half of this season, pushing Joe Hart for that number one slot. Otherwise what? what's the point? I mean, he's a great goalkeeper. We've seen it out with um, Celtic. He would be number one choice at every other club in the league. So he's got to try and push uh, Joe Hart, whether it's a case of and sees Hart as he's number one and until he makes a, a terrible mistake, he'll never be dropped. Then that that's on the, the manager. But I'd, I'd love to see Segrist getting a bit of a run of it. Um, and as you say, looking ahead to that, Could he be the guy to take us forward in Europe? Could he be the guy to take us forward in the league? I'm not sure, Um, but you can't tell because he's not had a run yet. So, although there's people saying maybe we need a new goalkeeper, I'd like to see Segrist at least get a chance first before we take a look at that. So, it could be, as you say, the summer before you change it.
4: Yeah, it could be, you know, John's came in here in the comments, he, said that he believes that the next priority sign has to be a keeper. Lawrence, what's your take that? Nah, I still think that Celtic that, that need a striker and, and, and possibly just looking at, you know, George Yakimakis coming on yesterday. We've heard every and uh, grumble about him. If he's, you know, we're not in a situation in the goalkeeping department, but we know that Joe Hart's wanting actively probably out of the club. Um, so for, for me, it's probably looking at a striker next. But would you agree that, Possibly to take Celtic to that next level, or for looking at European football next season in the summer months, a, a goalkeeper might need to be a priority for us.
3: Yeah, I, I think definitely strikers. We are looking just now. You know, we're, we're looking at South Korean bot, boy apparently, the there's probably the Slovak. There's boy eh, there's boy Norway. So, so there's a few strikers being linked, but with Joe Hart, it's kind of it's not going to go on forever. So we need to start planning for him leaving. You know, that was a big moment in the game. Uh, It it didn't, you know, arguably cost us two points. You know, you you might say it didn't cost us because, you know, we we got away with a point, but I I think that's cost us two points. That's really sparked him into life. Uh, So, yeah, you'd you'd want to have a look and see what Segrist is going to give us. Uh, We know Andrew's got the scouts working much like his team. You know, they never stop. They will be out there looking and seeing who's available. Will Toby make it? uh, I don't know but you know how long realistically does Hart have left and I'm 18 months at a push maybe so yeah it's something we've definitely got to be planning for and and trying to identify whether it's Seagrist or someone else comes up on the radar to come in and replace Hart because it happens a lot with Joe at the ball of his feet doesn't it you know, it, it gives us a scare it doesn't often, often cost, us, cost us but I think it cost us yesterday
4: Colin, just in terms of you know Seagrass, I, I think that the biggest thing you see in the squad at this point in time is players that are pushing each other, and you like yeah. that in a Celtic team that there's not, you know, maybe a part of the Kyogre at this point in time, we've already, you know, touched on Yakimakis, knows that they're a, a stick on to play, you know, each and every game. But certainly in the, the goalkeeping department, you know, Seagrass has played for Celtic in the League Cup this season, but it seems to be, you know, Hart has nailed on, which, you know, you want a number one keeper throughout the season, but you also want to know that 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 backup is pushing for it, which just doesn't seem to be the case just now.
2: Yeah, it's it's quite surprising as well because he, he came in with this um, sort of mantra that he wasn't going to play second fiddle, he wanted to fight for the jersey and now you're kind of sitting here in January and you're going, you've played two games, that's, that's not really pushing for the jersey. There's never been a point where it's been maybe like the time where we put, we're playing three games a week in November and you're thinking, right, Seagrass might come in for one of these games and just show what he's got. Maybe it would be one of the home games. But you're sitting here now, and you're two weeks away from a semi-final. You're then, what, another week away from another Scottish Cup tie. If you go with the fact that Seagrass is your cup goalkeeper, you'd expect him to be playing both of those games against Kilmarnock and against Morton. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in between that, you've got, what,
4: um,
2: of the wins, as right. well. So, the, the games like that, you're thinking, right, this is maybe his chance to, to claim a stake to jersey. And if he goes on and keeps three clean sheets, then it's going to be very difficult to see him then being dropped out again. Um, as you say, Joe Hart, he's, he's got all this experience. He's played at the highest level. Um, but I just, I felt as though he, he just didn't want to come off his line yesterday. He felt as if it just wasn't the right, kind of time for him to come off and do it and if you don't put that confidence from your goalkeeper into a back four especially a back four yesterday that was very sort of um, I'd say new to an extent with Juranovic at left back coming on for Taylor uh, Alistair Johnson making his debut you need the confidence in your goalkeeper for that to brush into your back four as well, otherwise when they're coming forward, do you trust your goalkeeper to play it back to them
4: it's just one of those ones Declan, do you know what I mean Yeah Lawrence, you're taking this one, you know we'll go into the defence now, and Robert's coming in the comments to see here if Bernabé was good fit enough for the bench, why did they not replace Taylor? He believes that but was not acceptable. But yesterday standing, I wanted Juranovic to come on. I thought, you know, he'd already played left back at Ibrooks before. That's a sub I would have made. In hindsight now, probably know it. but you know, managers get paid to make big calls. He didn't have a great performance at all. He was arguably Celtic's worst man in the park, Josip Juranovic but you know, again, something that you've mentioned, Lawrence, is the balance at the back four that you ended up with two right footed players in the left side of your defence.
3: Yeah, I think he's maybe bringing him on because he's looking, you know, you're winning a aren't you? So
0: mm-hmm.
3: I think he's better, he thought he's better defensively than Derby, And he's maybe looking at that and thought, that's why I'm, I'm bringing around Rich, over Bernabe. As you see, hindsight, yeah, you'd love to see what Bernabeu could have done, would you? Because you know, didn't do much. They, they really seem to target them. They get a bit of joy out of it. You know, they get. we we'll say, more good fortune with their penalty. Should, should say, you, know, you know, it's debatable. You know, I've, I've looked at it a few times and I'm not convinced it's a penalty. Obviously, the ref never needs to look at these things at Ivics to decide it's a penalty. But uh, yeah, I, I think hindsight. Yeah, the latest in seen being one, but I can understand why Andrew made the up You're one a lot. I think it's better defensively than Burnaby and he thought, yeah, I can rely on
4: you. You've done it Ibrox, in this position. So Yeah, on you go. Colin, do you think right cover the manager? I certainly wanted him to bring Yuranovich on and I actually was surprised to see Johnson um start yesterday. I thought Johnson had a really great debut, um, especially getting thrown in there. It was the first time, you know, he played for Celtic. Um, you know, thrown into a derby game always difficult, but I Thought Johnson had a decent game, but would that have been the sub you'd have made bringing on Juranovic in um, that left hand side?
2: Yeah, at the time I was saying it was Juranovic is probably the best option, um, just for the fact that he had the experience, um, and obviously he's played there before in this game. So you're thinking, right, okay, not a straight like for like, but at least it offers that security to the back four. Um, but yeah, yesterday I don't know what it was with Juranovic. I, he just didn't seem to be himself. New Year Wind
4: possibly, Colin. I think it was maybe Stallone.
2: Well, it could have been. Uh, either that or he's, his head was somewhere else. Do you know what mm. I mean? Um, it, it must be difficult because he has received a lot of attention for his great performances in the World Cup. And when you know that these teams are sort of circling around you and he is at that stage in his career where he's probably got one big move left in him... Um, and you can say, right, it's it's easy enough to put that behind you in a game like uh, like that yesterday. But some players don't have the mental capability to do so and it doesn't look as if he does as well. I know he's obviously had a bit of an injury. He missed the third, fourth place playoff. Um, but yeah, the, the question for Burnaby is what more does he have to do? I mean, if if Juranovic is genuinely carrying an injury, if his head's not in the right space... The gaffer knows that. Mm-hmm. So, Burnaby, what, what is he there to do? I mean, it's a lot of money that we've invested into someone like Alexander Burnaby. For him not to be trusted in that position yesterday, it takes me back to um, right at the start of Ange's run when we used to kind of pack the bench with guys from the New Lennon era. Like, we knew we were never going to get a sniff. So that when we were kind of struggling towards the end of the games, we were like, right, maybe a Yeti's going to get 10 minutes here. Maybe Soro's going to get 10 minutes here. And
4: hopefully but they never, get picked if you in your
2: coupon. Well, that as well. But they never, ever came off the bench. They were just there to make the numbers up. And I wonder if that is the case with some of these players just now. Obviously, I'm just looking at bringing in the right sort of players um, that he wants. Obviously, Awata couldn't get his international clearance in time. We saw Kobayashi on the bench. Johnson starts. So you're thinking, right... He's accepted that these players aren't going to be part of his first team plans going forward, but he still needs nine players on the bench. Does he go to players like that or does he go to players like Vata and Boston Law, who we've seen on the bench um,
4: beforehand? It was almost a case of Bernabeu was there yesterday to make the numbers up. Yeah, absolutely and just to bring in Kevin from the penalty spot to let us know that Angel also confirmed that JJ was not 100% pre-match yesterday but as you say Colin you know the manager knew that going into the game he, he made that sub in the game so it kind of makes you wonder a wee bit We you know Bennaby's place in the, the, the team because you'd imagine now that if is going to be out for a wee while um, Burnaby needs to get around a game time now you know yeah. you, you need to turn to him and let him play football and it'll be interesting to see what, what comes of that um, but you know it would have been interesting to see what happened in the whole game and Bernabe came on, but again it's, it's hindsight, you know, it happens. I thought that changed the game a bit for us too. Taylor um was fairly decent. Uh, for a while I thought Taylor has been played so the season yesterday, enhanced that for me. I don't know if his comment comes from a former music teacher and Taylor's performance or his um wee comment to Alfredo was he, he helped off the the park. What pack, was um, he saying then? I, 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 I don't know, Lawrence, do you do you, was, do you know what, she,
2: she is a, a fellow Inverclydean. Um, it was a very uh, common term or phrase that we've used down here. Um so it, you it, it, it was basically told to, in no certain terms, shut your hole and lose a bit of weight. Uh, <laughs> we've been all told very that... Very well put, before. Colin, well put. Uh, all told that down this way, um, but no, Greg Taylor... I agree, Greg Taylor's been one of our standout performers this year uh, by country mile. Um, but I tell you what, hands up and congratulations to the team at T for Tim's. Because within about 90 minutes of that game being finished, they were already selling that on a T-shirt. Yep. So that, that is very quick. The printers must have been working overtime. Because yesterday's a bank holiday. Thank
4: okay. That's it. And a huge so, commission for that they're the, uh, getting that we shoot out there, calling there. getting a cut of this. Ten
2: percent off you use code Numkin. No, uh who yep. said there was a delay in the registration?
4: Oh hey. Lawrence, you could <laughs> jump on, on. <laughs> 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 I thought you were gonna see if you use the code Fat Boy, but I don't know if that probably <laughs> work. Um Lawrence, you know, when we're talking about the Celtic defence, um, Bring it in Drew here, Cameron Cartavick is absolutely outstanding. And I thought Starfelt had a fairly decent game. I see there's mixed reaction to him in the the comments. What was your take firstly and the the, oh. the penalty with Starfelt?
3: The first viewing I thought I could be a pen. But you, you know, with technology these days, refs aren't rushed into giving decisions, you you don't get the the luxury of viewing it again and on viewing it again. If there's contact, you know, he's standing on
6: Based on Cox analysis of Ookla test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit Cox.com/slash/internet for details.
3: The we was we, soft there, uh, and I don't really think covers it. I think you know, on doing if it's going to bar, I wouldn't expect it to be to be given. But yeah, big car and immense again helped out. You know, I think staff help having your on his left hand side for part of the game didn't help him. Whereas no yeah. cracking. Uh, Debut from, from a right back, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but
4: on, on the penalty, I, I think if I go to the bar, but this way, I think if it's in the other box, we, we'll never get in it. There's potential, I think, exactly what you're saying that, Colin. You know, Starfield was kind of the guy at the middle of the VAR controversy because he, he's given away a penalty, he's not, I, I don't think, you know, looked at, but it does get looked at you know it needs to be a clear and obvious error in the referee's part because he's yeah. pointed to the spot already. Whereas John Beaton could have taken his time went and had a look at it first before pointing to the spot. But right away, you know, he points to the spot. So it then needs to be a clear and obvious error. And I think if I'm right, it's might even be Starfelt shot that comes off Golson's hands. Um, what, what is your take in both incidents? Um, Starfield first?
2: If you look at the, the sort of build-up to the Starfield incident, as I was saying to you guys before he came on, um... <laughs> was actually got a hold of the jersey at first. And he lets it go just before you get into the box. So that was the first claim that I'd seen for the penalty. So if you're going to bring it back to that, it was a free kick on the edge of the box. But the fact that he then goes into the box, for me, the the issue there was that Starfelt didn't stay in his feet. As soon as he dives in, you give the referee the chance to give that penalty against you. And we've known what John Beaton's like. He doesn't need a second opportunity to give a penalty against Celtic. We've seen it time and time again. And that's not a conspiracy. It's not anything. Just look at some of the decisions he's gave against us over the years. Um, and as you said, the fact that it goes to VAR, they've got to prove that it was a complete and utter mistake from the referee's part. And referees in Scottish football... They've given penalties like that, not just against us, but against other teams. If that isn't given right away, I don't think that is overturned into a penalty because as you see the, the foot is caught on to Starfelt's, he's already going down. The fact that Starfelt slides in then brings him down even further. But I don't think that's a penalty. I don't think there's contact there for the tackle to be a foul. I wouldn't see it anywhere else in the park. And I think, as I said, if it wasn't given right away, I don't think it would have been given by VAR.
4: Lawrence, what's your take on it. You know, we've spoken a lot on here about VAR, but I think yesterday, again, mm. it, it, it proved a, you know how, how bad it is. Um, and, you know, the penalty for me is a penalty. But it was surprising, no Too many Celtic players actually claimed to it. But looking at it, and again, is it a case, and I want to ask you this, that after the World Cup... They've had a meeting and said, Oh, with a handball rule, we'll change it and be a wee bit more lenient. Because you know, we were getting a penalty against his with Burnham against Indy United, the O'Reilly one. There's a list, an endless list. You were possibly odds on to get a penalty against Celtic before the break. But even if they have changed the rules, you know, during the World Cup, there's been absolutely zero communication to that as paying football fans. Nah, there's no way
3: that they've changed the rules. I, I think it's the I mean, violent itself outside of one team, it does seem to be being used and things are being reviewed, and it should result in more penalties, you know, because it's it's there to pick up mistakes. But I think it's, you know, there's a litany of of instances that happen and Iverts that just don't get reviewed, where the players have handled the ball in the box, and it just doesn't go to a bad review. The ref doesn't even need to go and have a look at it. And you, it's, it's, what is it about a Rangers player handling the ball in the box that the ref doesn't need to see it a second time to decide it's not a penalty? You know, is that just a default position? Not a penalty. It's hand to ball. For me, the
0: mm-hmm. only
3: thing he's not done is caught it. You know, you, you argument should maybe I held that, be getting both hands <laughs> on it. Like, would they have got a point with they'd held it? I doubt it. <laughs> you, you, you know, it's. And, and, and why the refs just refuse to look at these instances It's probably the most frustrating thing. You're you going go, it's a subjective decision, but if You're going
4: to go and view this. It's not, it's not his job, Lawrence. Did you not hear? I, I was not just about to come on to that, Colin. But we've, I don't <laughs> know if everybody's seen the video clip, but we were talking about that before we came on. It's not up to me, mate, or something along the lines he says, isn't right. it? So, Which I, I think uh, sums up John Beaton's performance in that, that game. You know, it's not up to me. You know, the, the, the man that's a referee in the, in the middle of it. And again, Lawrence, you were. Uh, sorry, Colin, you'd said before we came on, uh, tell the listeners about the. Was it the Aberdeen game you were talking about, the VAR where it was set up? Aye, so the Aberdeen game, I don't know if anyone's seen it on Twitter, but
2: basically they found a sort of. What would you say? An old surveillance style black van on one of the main roads in Aberdeen uh, with the doors open and the games has been shown, and that's where the VAR was based. So instead of it being like in um, England where it's all based at St George's Park or whatever else it is. It seems to just be in a sort of local area not too far away from the ground. So if you see a black van kicking about maybe the Celtic Park area, then you'll know who's in there watching giving maybe a penalty or not a penalty.
4: Probably not a penalty if it's in uh, Most likely. Colin, um...
2: so, so going back to that, Declan, the actual penalty incident, I've, the fact that you're sitting here and Chris Boyd said it was a penalty. Hmm. Sean Maloney says it was a penalty. All these people who... Previously, I've maybe says I'm unsure about that. Especially Chris
4: Boyd. Like, think especially Chris
2: Boyd. I mean, really says that, it that must have really hurt him to say that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um I don't understand what it is. Because, yes, there's the, the sort of IFAB rule where if you're protecting your face, it's meant to be that it's not a penalty. Right? I totally understand that. But he looked as if he was about to spike the ball back over the net at volleyball yesterday. A big volleyball player, right He was making himself as big as possible to try and block the ball. So, that, for me, when you've got to take a
4: second look at that, there's there's no other way it can be seen. I And I even don't the, the direction of the ball calling, the way it goes, you know, it goes up in the air when he does it. You know, it's not yeah. as if it, you know, I think that's yeah. something else that, you know, a referee yeah. should be yeah. looking at. Yeah,
3: what it's a penalty. It's a refusal to even to consider... Look at the screens to decide this Rangers And that's why they call them there as well. The the box. Yep. we'll and no even look has, at it. You hmm. know And, and that's call them in
4: his problem. ear, Lawrence saying don't even bother looking at it, I'm telling you it's not a penalty. Which
3: yeah. but, but look at hips. Hips were reaching again another player handled the ball on the box so Rangers player. See when you
2: take a look, at, at, it, look at it, right? you kind of go, why aren't he even looking at them? See when you do look at it, right? Every time they go to the, the VR screen in the stadiums, they they change their mind because they've seen it twice. Now, as fans, we get to see it. I mean, how many times did we get to see that? (laughs) At least a dozen, if not more. right? And at the time, if you're thinking, right, maybe it wasn't a penalty first time off, by the time you see it again, then there you go. You're thinking, right, well, I never saw that in real time, but now that I've had the chance to review it, it is a penalty. So if we've got the opportunity to do that and the facility is there for the referee to do that as well, then it has to be taken, no matter what this person's saying in their the ear. Because at the end of the day, who's going to get the blame for that yesterday? John Beaton. Now, what's he going to turn in and say? Oh, it wasn't me, it was the guy in the, the black van sitting outside on Paisley Road West. now we know He's it's not up to him.
4: So it wasn't his fault at all, so, was it?
2: You know? why, are these guys, why are these guys getting paid the best part of
3: £1,000 to shut out of making these decisions? That's it. That's exactly. But, it. Well, so it's always a ref's final decision. He can say, to the I know, I'm going to go and have a look at us." You, you, you know, it's always. I mean, oh something's happened in a box that's a subjective decision, and he's decided not to look at it. It's not just John Beaton. The, the, the amount of refs that you know have done it. Let's be honest. Four Rangers since they've come in, they've just we'll just not look at it. You know, and if you don't look at it, you're not going to give the decision, are you? It's just a refusal to actually use the technology when a handball happens in a box. From a rangers playing it. You know, you'd expect Celtic to be calling out sooner rather than later because it's, it's almost week in week out. You know, I think feels first few games in charge, it looks like Golden for the winner, uses his arm to play played a ball to our Arfield, arguably rescues some points against Hibs. You know, Hibbs could have been three one up if the penalty's given. It's just you know it, it appears that the the review decisions against other teams just
4: not against Rangers you which know is, is evident in facts Lawrence because they've not considered a penalty at all this season
3: yeah and it's that not that i have no handled the ball in the box or committed fouls in the box it's just that yeah i have
2: not been given and I say this at a time long before we were talking about when VAR was coming in Scottish football was not ready for it No, because the referees
4: still not get. It's not get the referees to
2: perform it. the The referees are such a poor level in Scotland, and we saw it before VAR came in earlier in the season. Some of the decisions that were getting made across the league, we're seeing it now. Now that they've got this technology, you have to bring in referees from other leagues that have used this technology before. Excuse me, to train our referees on the best case of how to use the technology that's was in front of them. Because, okay, the English league took a long time to get it right, but now they have. And you take a look at that Liverpool-Brentford game yesterday, and each of the decisions that went to VAR was correctly given. Now, you go to Germany, where they take a matter of seconds to get it right as well. Mm-hmm. They've done it in the MLS, they've done it in loads of different leagues across the world. When they're bringing it into a new league, these experienced heads should be the ones to come over to help implement it. So that you can actually train the referees up to this certain standard, because it just looks as if you've given somebody that's totally incapable of actually refereeing a proper game this extra technology, and they're, they're just they don't know what to do with it. As you're saying, well, if you've got the technology well, they really look at that screen again yesterday, is it because you don't know that that's part of your job to go and do it, the or they do even, know. look at the hearts penalty
3: given against us? They do know how to use it. Did you, you know, there's no, no, I mean, there's been numerous penalties given since VAR's been introduced. They do know how to use the technology, but it's just when one team's involved, they refuse to use it. So, you, you, you know, you can't say, what, is it two penalties in the Hearts game? You know, it's a retake. They definitely don't know, know how to use VAR, and they know how to implement it. And you've had it in other games, you know, the penalties, you know, it's what point six two 0.62 penalties a game since VAR comes in. The penalties have been up. They know how to use the technology. There's no argument about that. It's being used. It's not being used when it involves a certain team. That's the argument, and it's, as Declan says, the facts speak for the same amount. The only team not to see the penalty. You know,
6: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details.
1: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
3: And they refuse to review these decisions that involve them?
4: I think that's possible. that there's something but both you're saying, because Colin, I always kind of look at it. I mean, the Scottish Cup's going to be an example of when we play Morton, that we are game to be in telly, but we've got VAR in, right? And I think Dindy United play, is it University of Stirling or whoever mm. that they've got? And unless Dundee United want to foot the bill or tell University of Stirling to pay up, don't know have VAR. Mm-hmm. So that even tells you about how seriously you know the ACA fee in terms of the cup competitions taken var that if you're not on the telly because of the cost you foot the bill or you've no got it type thing and then obviously the lower league clubs who don't have the technology already installed won't have it c- completely. So even then as a balance of how seriously are you taking this at the top level of our, because you've got a Scottish Cup competition, which again, if you're looking at a team like Darvel, who's got Aberdeen, if there's a decision in that game, which you know could have taken the game to a replay, could have taken Darville through it in the next round, of the way Aberdeen are playing just now, you know, that's going to cost teams, what could be livelihoods it's taken, whatever else is mm-hmm. again, that's that argument in for it, and what Lawrence says there, they have went, they've used it, and in a particular case with a particular team that they just don't look at situations um, we'll, we'll draw the big line under VAR there I think we've, we've <laughs> covered it enough uh, in terms of because I'm sure everybody will be talking about it all week Lawrence, to, on a not note Maeda, what a finish, you know he's had his critics at Celtic, I've always been one who try to back him as much um, Tony is in the comments who everybody seems to have caught on with that catchphrase, you know thank you Dyson eh um, so it was certainly a case of thank you in him when he put that ball in the back of the night.
3: Yeah, a striker's finish, eh? Maybe Williams right, maybe he is a striker because he finished like a striker. Uh, I tell you what, if I was the I'd be tearing strips off Tavenier. Yeah? You should have pulled them down. You know, Goldson's cover. <laughs> you, you, you know um So, but, you, you know, I suppose that that's for the Rangers to worry about, but, uh, crack and finish. Yeah, fully merits his uh, place in the
4: team. The World Cup seems
3: to have done a world of good. Mm. Lord, Colin, but sure.
4: we sure took it. It was a great finish, but I think Lawrence is right. I think, you know, Captain Fantastic, who likes a shout at everybody else oh. apart from his cell. Um, and it's an old mate, Alfredo, who is a crack cracking assist somehow, and he dies on his feet, but he's still got a hell of a lot to do. And he just the way he runs at that Rangers defence, it's a great finish at the end of it as well.
2: I, I mean, when you look at it back, that ball's tavernier's to win every single day of the week. And he he bricks it. He totally bricks it with Maeda coming at him. And then with the sort of momentum that Maeda's got, he gets himself right into the box and out comes McGregor and he just slots it under him. And the confidence that this guy's got from having such a good World Cup is pivotal because I think for me, Maeda is very much a confidence-based player. Um, And I think when you see him, when he's having a good couple of games, the head's up. He gets himself involved a lot more. Um, He's coming down the left-hand side yesterday. He had Tavany in his back pocket yesterday alongside his keys. He was just unbelievable for the first 25, 30 minutes. Um, Some of the balls that he was putting across were outstanding. And I think we've found where his best position is in that um, team. It's not necessarily as a... A natural winger it's not necessarily as a natural striker but it is in that forward position where he's got the free reign to sort of close down the defenders he's got the free reign to come in on the goalkeeper to just be a nuisance in that area because he'll pick up the loose balls if teams want to play out from the back and Celtic are pressing them that is going to be loose balls he is going to pick them up he's going to get the opportunity to drive forward and the one thing that I thought Last season and the start of this season that was missing out his game was his composure. And ever since the World Cup, I mean, the goal against Hibbs, unbelievable. The composure to put that in the back of the net yesterday. He's not the finished article yet, Declan, and he's still relatively young as well. So if we can continue to help him develop, I think we've got a great player on our hands, but we're going to have to accept that. His inconsistency is going to come through, and we're just going to need to enjoy him when he's playing at this level at the minute.
4: And that's it about him, Colin. You know, as you say, that there is inconsistencies in his game. You can see that, but for me, and I keep going back to it ever since he signed last year, he's worked great, and his desire to work hard in your team. I think just makes him a really, really important player for Celtic. Ange knows exactly what he gets out of him. A couple of comments coming in here on him. Quinny's coming in to say Dyson needs confidence. Momentum, I think that's certainly something you've seen in his game when he does get a run of games. You uh, see him get better and better. And Alan Robertson coming in to say, Maeda, it's full of confidence, love his work ethic. Lawrence, I've not been on since the Hibs game um, and I really didn't think he had that in his locker, that, that strike through there. And yesterday again, you know how many times have we probably seen Dyson go through one-on-one with a goalie? and either sky it, miss it, hit it off the goalkeeper or something, but but that yesterday was absolute pinpoint perfection, and he seemed to really annoy a couple of people in that, that corner between the, the govern stand and the Copeland.
3: Yeah. Listen, this is the games you want him to do it, and it? it's, it's the bigger games, isn't it? You want him to be able to do that since the World Cup, It's not look back. He has that header against Hibs, you know, it doesn't go in, but, and then he just, Gets a hold of that ball and, and what a shot, and yeah, he's just carried it on into this game. So, if he keeps finishing like this, yeah, he, he's going to be uh coming up the scoring charts, isn't he? And he is undroppable for, for the work rate, for everything he gives us, he's just in the embodiment of what Ange wants players that don't stop. And really, pacey, but what is doing, yeah, you just take you charge with the ball, you take the forward out, you, you know. It's early in the game, I, I, I Plus, it's John Beaton. Probably, you know, there's no chance of him getting a yellow card. Crazy, but uh, yeah. Maybe it just goes by him if he's not there. And Goldson didn't make much attempt either. And and, yeah. and just a class finish, wasn't it? No, i it was on easy street. And, and it seemed to do up until Hart has his uh, dalliance mm-hmm. in the ball.
4: Yep, and Colin, you know, it couldn't have been a better start for Celtic at that point in time. You're thinking you you wanted to go there, you wanted to get the early goal. It's a great finish. And then, you know, you really want us to kick on. We went there before, um, not as early as that, but Edward getting that goal in the two, two nil game. Obviously we bounced right back in April time, um, through Big Rogic. Um, but, you know, it couldn't have been an any better start. And a few people's even coming in here to say that um Maeda and Moy um, both improved post World Cup. Certainly impressed by Adam Moy when he came on for the the bench yesterday, um, and again, you know, we heard the manager talk about a certain number of players, you know, coming back and being important for the second half of the season. I think Hak Sabanovic is another one of those. Um, Abelgard was in that conversation before uh, it looked as though he was heading back um, to his parent club. But you know, even for Dyson Maeda, is it possible the case that he's just one of these players that needs to get started in a season? Because we saw him off the back of a full season for us, you know, when he signed in, in January time. Um, is he just maybe a slow start and when he gets up to that level? You'll get yourself a cracking player in your hands.
2: I, I think so. And as I was saying earlier, I think he is pretty much a confidence player. As you see, last season he came in off the back of what? 29 goals in the J League um, and then scores on his debut. Things like that. That's going to keep your confidence going. And he popped up with the odd goal here and there. I think he ended up with what? Eight in the second half of the season last year. Some pivotal goals, especially away at Livingston. Um, and his pace and his work rate um, was one of the things that really won over the fan base right away. Um, and if you can win over the fan base, then you are going to get that time to settle into the team. We were always saying, oh, just wait till we see Kiogo and Maeda with a full pre-season behind them. And yeah, they didn't kind of get started that well to begin with. But as you say, after the World Cup, um, Maeda's just been a, a totally different player. Um, obviously that experience of playing at the best level possible is, is great um, And Moy as well Moy for me yesterday I was really surprised to see Moy dropped um, I thought of yeah, He was what we needed
4: yesterday wasn't he? At that yeah,
2: I, game. I think if you take a look at the, the midfielders at the minute And I, I, I don't like saying this because I think he has a great talent But he just maybe needs um, a bit of a rest at the minute Is Matt O'Reilly I just don't think Matt O'Reilly's been that influential in the games recently. Um, And if I had to pick a midfield yesterday, I'd probably went with Hitati, McGregor and Moy. um, Because Moy's one of these players where I don't think he's got bags of pace, but he has this football and intelligence and you saw it for the the equalising goal um, yesterday's. Just getting into the right positions, putting the ball across, getting into the box, getting in the the danger area. He he very, very rarely gives a ball away. He's always looking for the ball. He's always picking the right pass. Um, And I I just think if we had him for the full 90 minutes yesterday, or even 75 or whatever we could have got out of him, I don't think they would have been as into the game in the second half as what they were because our biggest problem in the second half was... Every second ball kept falling to a Rangers
4: play.
2: I'd be uh, worn at all with the second we balls. Couldn't, we couldn't get a the place. ball in the second half, so having someone like Moy in there might have made a bit of a difference.
4: Yeah, and um, he seemed to enjoy uh, after the match a couple of players. I know for up in the, the Grampian Emerald up in Aberdeen. I don't know why Martin Boyle was up in Aberdeen, um, considering his team would get absolutely scalped in Edinburgh Derby, <laughs> but he had uh, Moy in the face time after the game. They were singing RR and rest, again, Aaron, Aaron, Moy to him, so. He seemed to quite enjoy that, um, which I thought was quite uh, cool, you know, these things that happens. And pubs, um, of course, you wouldn't find any us free um, And pubs, would you now, gentlemen? And I, I'm not sitting here with a wee bit of a sore head after yesterday. No, me neither, no. But we're battering through it. Um, but, but, yeah, and, you know, Lauren G, uh, sorry, Colin, you say about Moy you know, potentially being dropped, but something I've not spoken about was what the manager um, mentioned yesterday was the, the sickness bug in our camp. Um and that effect on it now, Lawrence. You said on Friday, um, that, that you thought the Ange. We w- play James Forrest, but you know I, I certainly don't think you'd have touched them. Had that not have ravaged to our camp, which was the the obvious thing to me that James Forrest for me isn't starting at Ibrox unless there's a, an issue like that, and that is why you didn't see a badder a draw starting eleven, and Colin. It's possibly why. He didn't see Moy, but I think that did yeah, a bit of an effect in our camp yesterday, Lawrence.
3: I, I think Forrest died because of Johnson was behind him. But an unknown quantity of how he'd react. Mm-hmm. And I think defensively, he just gives you much more than a batter. Didn't have his best game, but I think defensively done okay It he, he probably helped Arsenal Johnson settle in at the game. He, you know, and that was a solid debut yeah. F- from him. So I think James played his part there. Yeah, wasn't surprised to see him getting subbed off, but if we'd known that Johnson was going to set one like that with a shoot for, for us to start, probably not. Like, you know, you don't know how he's going to handle the game or the atmosphere. Yeah, saying that, you know. Yeah, there is obviously a bug going around. We weren't at best. There was a few players missing from the bench that you maybe expected there. So, yeah, you know, if they're feeling a bit fatigued, or not 100% because of the bucket's going to would have an impact on how we played, but look at the game back. You know, it's sixty-one percent possession. <clears throat> it wasn't a training game up until Hearts. You know, error. we've been lucky to get a penalty, we've been unlucky not to get one. You know, at, at no point did I actually think, you know, they're going to take the three points for us. And him, what was that your take?
4: And the, the the forest inclusion I certainly think it was due to that reason because if you play Jota for instance at in that side he made a different stage as well when he came on he you know leads to the the equaliser but I think Angel really likes that versatility he gets with he plays Maeda and Jota and Benaksebana, which is in that conversation. Forest can do it too, you know. He can switch wingers around. Rangers said it yesterday when when Juranovic came on, mm-hmm. and when he fired Kent over to that side to to try and give Juranovic even more problems. But I certainly think that that sickness bug caused problems yesterday. We, uh, and we spoke about Bernabe earlier. We don't know what his situation is. I know a lot of people say if they're on the bench they must be fit enough, but you don't know what that's possibly did to the team and that was something that the manager confirmed before the game that there was that sickness bug, flu bug whatever it was going through our team
2: The thing is, I mean you saw what happened to the, the French team in the final of the, the World Cup, they were saying that they were ravished with the, the, the flu bug as well and for the first 60 minutes um, they were Having totally out of the game uh, and I, I take it, it must have been when the old paracetamol the ibuprofen kicked in yeah. that's when um, Mbappe went on to have that uh, that great game but Like games like that yesterday for me showed why James Forrest is a good part of the squad, but a good part of the squad at best. And I don't think he's a starter for the games like, um, against Rangers for me. When you take a look at the, the sort of what Jota did when he came on and whether he was ill or if he wasn't ill or if he was recovering from injury or what it was but that those sort of 15-20 minutes that he was on if he, he can offer that at the start of the game sometimes that's enough just to put the game to bed I mean you mm-hmm. saw what happened in the in the 4-0 game at Celtic Park earlier in the season the game was put to bed by half time now if you can only get 45 minutes out of my bear Jota then I'd like to have seen that ahead of starting James Forrest I understand Lawrence, what you're saying about, obviously, Alistair Johnston's debut. But when you look at the way that Johnston wants to play football, he's very attack-minded. And I think the the sort of combination between them two would have caused a lot of problems for back post Barisic yesterday. Um, I I just think that um, between the two of them, it would have pinned them right back. Um, And Jota, obviously, the, the determination and the drive for that equalising goal from him is outstanding. To think that he starts the attack, plays it in, Moy puts it, sort of tries to put it across, it's um, Jota that's there fighting for the ball with Goldson before it's squared back into Kyogo, who very um, does very well to put his laces through it and put it into uh, the top of the net. So just having that extra wee bit of quality can make the difference. I mean, you think back to the sort of players that that we've had at Celtic that are kind of similar to to Jota and the impact that they've had in these games before, you think back to Paddy Roberts when he was here and he played that fantastic ball right through the the heart of the defence. I think it was to Griffiths, um, Griffiths, yeah, for for one of his goals. The one that was squared back to uh, Sinclair in the 2-1 game as well. When you've got a team, especially the way that bill set them up for the last 15 minutes, where, as you're saying, Lawrence, with a lot of the ball, that's because they took basically every single attacker off and just went, we're 2-1 we're up, we're just going to sit here and defend us. And we've seen this happen with Celtic time and time before, especially in Europe, where we've gave it the last 20 minutes and just went, do you know what, we're winning, we'll just try and defend it, we'll just try and see it out. But when you've got the quality coming off the bench, like uh, a Jota or um, if Haxabanovich was there, these are the guys that can totally um, like change the game. And Jota did that when he came on. Him and Moy, the combination was brilliant. And obviously, Kyogo left on the park for a reason. Takes his goal really, really well. Uh, is that something
3: Jota that... wasn't formal, was he? You know, he was out of form before, this, before the
2: game. I think you know, he's had the bug for, yes, for two weeks, is.
4: Jota. Jota?
2: I think Jota, as much as he's not been consistently creating assists or scoring goals. I still think he's been a key part of the team, though. I still think that a lot of the attacks come down his side, a lot of the creativity that we do comes down his side as well. Um, And put it this way, if you've got two or three players closing him down, it opens up the space for other players because they know he's the key guy. They know if they can keep him quiet, then it should help them out. But the way that we play football... That two, three passes opens it up for someone else to have a crack at goal.
4: Mm. I, I'd agree with that in Jota. And I think Lawrence, he's, he's had that bug for two weeks with something that the manager said even before the game as well. So he might have been struggling potentially um, by that. But
6: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details.
1: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
4: Uh, Yakimakis coming on, Lawrence, would you surprise? Because a, a lot of people probably thought um, with Jacko getting introduced into the game, the manager would have kept, uh, would have taken Kiyo go off. But he finished at the ends absolutely excellent. I mean, for all the stuff that's went in his direction about him not being clinical enough, if you have a look at his goal scoring record, I, I don't know what that will be now, maybe 15 and 18 or something. Calling that, I kind of mind what it'll be.
0: Yeah,
4: um, is it 15 and 18?
2: Yeah, it must be, it can't be far off. I think he was before this run, he was 10 and 14, so what would be 13 and 17
4: or something like that? Yeah, sure. be something like that. Somebody tell us in the comments, somebody will have the, the stats there. But, um, and again, there was everything you know, he hadn't played well against Rangers, hadn't scored against Rangers, but yesterday was his first proper chance, I would say having a good go at Rangers his first game against Rangers he's played on the left hand side if you remember this season he gets subbed off for Jackie Macus. but just in terms of that sub a lot of people say the manager didn't get it right yesterday and as I already say I'm not looking for excuses but if there's a flu bugging through your team you're really up against it there you don't have the option that you maybe would like but he certainly got it right towards the end of the game because we were chasing an equaliser and we went and got it and that was probably down to us getting a 4 2 four-two-four style shape
3: so you know, up until Joe Hart's error, I think everybody would say the manager's got this right. We're causing mm. this. You know, we've come out with 61% of the ball. he yeah. subs what? Yeah, I think everybody does. They expect it. to come off but You know, the manager's decided to leave him on. So I don't think the manager can, you know, legislate for, for what Joe Hart did or for an non application of our You know, he's put on a, a team on there that, For me, it didn't look like losing it. You know, at the end, I thought there was only one team that had any chance of winning it. After a week, you know, there's still seven minutes to go. Uh, So, yeah, people have criticised Ange for, you know, being too rigid with his 4-3-3. He shows you, you know, he doesn't need to do that. And we've we've got the rewards for it. So, we don't know how, how fit everyone was. He's been forced into it, I suppose, given Johnson his debut, which is maybe... Had some thinking on it. I would have started Moya ahead of O'Reilly. O'Reilly didn't give as as much as expected going forward, but defensively he was pretty good. And you know, Rangers like high balls into the box. We want all that tall a team, Maybe that's why O'Reilly started just I to get the big switch ball. as well.
4: You always see them going for that big switch diagonal thing that they like. It's always the same right. ball, and it's like, I know that's again, but but just in terms of that, Lawrence, you know, as you say there, when he brought Yakimakis on and it showed that we've got that flexibility we know that the manager does like a 4 but it is there to show Colin and you know with his performance coming on yesterday it didn't have too much of an impact on the game Yakimakis but I think it's important when you do that you know you're giving yourself a better opportunity of getting a goal um, but you know it was great for that to happen and I think ultimately you know going into our last kind of 10 minutes here the, 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 the fact is clear that we're still 9 points clear and you know, Stevie here's coming and see everyone even when we're not firing and all cylinders we still get a result and as I said at the start of the show Colin, to me it was just important that we went to Ibrooks and our 9 point advantage wasn't touched or it was extended and that's how we, we left and it's 13 games until the split and ate them at Celtic Park which puts you in an absolutely fantastic position, I don't like to be the person that says the title race is over, cause I think it's just premature to do that but Celtic's in a hell of a good position to go and win two in a row here?
2: Absolutely. I mean, this time last year, obviously we were in the the midst of the winter break, um, forced winter break or whatever you want to call it, right? What happened this time last year is we were roughly about six points behind after the St. Marin game. Um, And I remember being on the show with Kevin and with, um, uh, with Brian on the Wednesday and... They're sitting here saying, "Oh, do you know it's going to be a, a struggle? We've got to try and get and win every game between now and then." This is, in my opinion, the title was in our hands at that point. There was still three games against them, and as simple as it sounds, what what I said then was just go and win every game. Now, <laughs> it's easier easier said than done to go and win every single game, but when you look at the second half of the season. We weren't far off that. The way that we played the second half of the season last year, we just went in and took every game as it was and tried to get the three points. And if you continue to do that, then that nine-point lead that we've got just now, it'll be a lot higher by the time the end of the season comes. Because we are a team, and if you look at it over the last, what, 12 months or so, we've lost one game out of 38. It's a ridiculous record that we've got. And the one thing about Andrew is he doesn't let the team get too far ahead. He's always concentrating on who's the next team and how do we beat them. And it's, it's a great thing to have as part of this team that everybody wants to beat us because we are beating everybody at the minute. For me, the title is out of their hands. They've only got two chances left against us to try and get the points off us. I, I, I don't see any other way for them to come back into this. And I think a lot of their fans are accepting that now as well because they're coming out with this facade about how next year they'll be different, next year, next year, next year. They've already written off this season. And as you see, you don't want to be the person to say that the, the, the title's kind of wrapped up. But the way that Celtics playing just now, it's going to take a massive, massive shift in the way that Scottish football's been over the last 12 months or so for something um to, to change the way or the direction of the title this season.
4: Yeah, and it'd be a, a seismic collapse from our point of view if we, you know, let go of an in point league, which in you know, reality is basically a ten point lead because I think was it plus twenty goal difference or something? Yeah. we Have got over rangers at this point in time. So that's worth another point into the mix. But I totally agree with you, Colin, there it is, it's within Celtic hands to go and do, and I think just looking at that before the split, eight of those games been at Celtic part five been away, I think the toughest place we're probably going to have to go is Tannery's. Tannery's in yeah, Ross yeah, County as well. Yeah. Ross County. Um, I know Dundee United are looking as if they're maybe going to turn their form round a wee bit, but uh, you know, at this point in time, we're in a great position. And you could see yesterday where they approach from Rangers to the last 10 minutes of the game, and they're bringing on James Sands, I think for a midfielder, um, and putting them into that kind of just sitting in front of the, the back four, and then bringing on Scott Wright over, I think, Marelos when they went off, rather than Cholak. Um, they wanted to just see it out, and, and yeah. Michael Biel thought he had Celtic beat. And certainly yesterday, um, that, that wasn't the, the case. Celtic at that point restored the nine-point advantage as it was, um, and we, we left fairly, I think, content with our, our afternoon's performance after not being at our best. But, Lord, it's that ties in, you know, for the last five minutes or so here, I'll be saying to both you guys on air I, I was one of the fortunate ones lucky enough to be at Ibrich yesterday for the game um, and th- th- there was once again um, Celtic supporters pelted by by myself throughout the game coins, lighters um, and particularly one guy with a half bottle of Buckfast um, what point are we at now with this you know, we've said on here before about ticket allocations and whatever else but we knew last season in April that Rangers couldn't um, protect Celtic club staff. You know, remember the bottle coming on to go yes. Heart's goalmouth? Yeah, there was a Celtic staff member yeah. hit by a missile at the tunnel in April, and now again, this to add to it. Um, when is yeah, enough? We'll is enough? Know, Scott,
3: Scott Brown was attacked on the pitch, and the guy was put back in his stands to watch the rest of the game. Lee Griffiths had bought his folks, were to take a corner and on Friday. I was saying, you know. What are they going to do different? Is this just deemed an acceptable risk by the SFA, the SPFL, Police Scotland, the Rangers? Are they doing anything different to protect these fans? If they've done something different, it doesn't seem to work. If they haven't done anything different, surely they've left themselves open to be sued by the fans that have been injured. Because this was a known risk with the stuff that you've put in place. It's happened numerous occasions. If you aren't changing anything, you're more or less saying, yeah, This is going to happen, and when it happens, you don't really read about anyone. You know, last season you didn't read about anyone being arrested for the glass in Joe Hart's penalty box. There's maybe CCTV <clears throat> all over that stand. They you know who who's in the seats. They seem to, yeah, you, they should be able to identify these individuals, but the fact they don't seem to be able to do anything to make it safer or, 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 or to, to hold this. You know, if I'm a Celtic injured, I'd definitely be taking the court and saying, "Well, look, it's happened numerous times before. You don't seem to be doing anything different. You seem to be just well, oh, this is what happens if you if you have to come to Ibrox as an away fan.' And I believe it happens, you know, to Hibs fans as well.
4: But, yeah, and other for oh, so fans. Oh, and whatever years going by, I think they've been pelted with stuff. Yeah,
3: but aside from that, you know, can I get back what, what you're talking about and say the league is over? And, you know, they've got nine players free to sign for other pubs, show no commitment. They're, they're, they're two superstars that are worth, apparently, the belly dollars. You know, one of them scored a, a decent goal, I think. It was that his first goal in 26 games that this world beat? Her. The league's done. Yeah, you, you, you know, everybody knows it's done. Even you know, your dog it's knows it's done. I, that's something I he's agreeing. Listen, John Beaton thought Celtic would beat, but, you know, he couldn't stop there a poster couple a on that no
4: matter what some, you know commentators say it's over Lawrence thinks it's over Colin but just back to you know fan behaviour um, at previous fans forums something that was discussed and I think put to to Rangers from Celtic was a potential kind of net going over mm-hmm. Celtic fans to, to ensure a safety and there was some kind of nonsense put back to them about the structure of the stadium and the weight of Annette and blah 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 um, but I think when this continues to happen, you know, I, I'm not saying I wouldn't go back because I go there to support my team, um, as did everybody else yesterday. But, you know, you're starting to now think to yourself, is it worth it for, for some people, you know, and there was another, an older gentleman who'd get hit right in the eye by something at the end of the game. You know, I think because so many Rangers fans had stayed in, like previous times, if they'd beaten us, we'd kind of made our way out. If we'd won the game, comfortably they'd already made their way out because there was so many in the stadium at the end of the game they just seemed to go absolutely tonto with stuff a lot was coming for that govern stand and the Broomland
2: See to be honest Declan, we're at the point now where I would tell them to ram their t- ticket allocation up the backside I think it's a farce that what they've turned us into um, if they don't go back to the way it was previously which to me and I, I believe if you speak to any specific um, or any police officer with half a brain, they'll tell you that having the full stand is a lot safer than putting 700 people in a corner. Because it was a lot easier to police, it was a lot easier to um, kind of navigate. The fact that you had to turn up at 10 o'clock yesterday to get in for a, a 12.30 kick-off tells you how ridiculous this whole yeah, thing is.
4: and just to actually add into that conversation, Celtic fans have been told to the car park, so... To give everybody an idea of this, behind the Brunland there's a car park there and it was open from 9.30 yesterday. By 10 o'clock it was full. So there's a car park facility in place that isn't, you know, it can't accommodate 700 cars at minimum. That's how many cars it should accommodate. So cars were then parked along the road um, and then come about half past 10, 22, 11, we were kettled back into the car park with police officers and horses telling us to get back even though they'd let everybody stand out in the street. There then became a ring of horses around every Celtic fan um, as well as police officers in front of the horses and then much like the game in April, they been with the same tactic of using two horses' heads to filter fans into the stadium um, which is the most farcical thing I think I've ever seen it has been happening with Tannadice, Fir Park, Ibrooks twice. I don't get it. If you talk to any of the police officers with the colourful hats who are the, the top dogs, they, they won't shift in their position on it. That's the, they say the plans have been made in place before the game. Nothing changes. So it's then everybody pushed into a small area of space which could cause a crush. I thought yesterday, you know, that was at 20 to 11. If that was a midweek game and it was lashing a rain and it was dark, it would be even worse. Um, and there was nobody pushing, but the police were making the situation worse. So once you get past these two horses' heads, it was then a multitude of stewards between two steel walls before you actually get into the game and then you get all that crap after yeah,
2: it. I mean, um, you're paying 50 quid for the pleasure of this as well. Mm. It's not as if you're just turning up because it's part of it's on your book or whatever. It's 50-odd quid every single time. It's, it's getting to a stage where it's ruining the game for a lot of people. That I mean, no one should go to the game and come back with an injury like that yesterday. Yeah. We're we're simply one bad policing mistake away from another disaster at Scottish football. And on the day where we're remembering those that went to the football and didn't come home and stuff like this is still happening in 2023, it's a complete farce And Scottish football should take a look at itself. If they can't provide safety for 700 fans, then it has to go back to the way it was before. And
4: if it doesn't go back to that, then tell them to ram it. Absolutely ram it. It's a bad situation that we've got in because the, the, the Derby spectacle, I think, especially for, for Sky Sports and whatever, just to always oh, look good when you had a big number of away fans in the ground. Um, and, you know, people who have complained about the policing at the games, people have been hit with the bottles, the guy standing beside me, uh, had been hit one of the previous times, and the, the police officer have told them he should abduct, which was their approach back to it. So they're, they're not caring at all. Um so it's a really bad situation that I think we've got ourselves into, and then even after the game, we get held. And the bit that you came out, uh they had the street shut, so they wouldn't let you back to your car. It's just a complete farce, um, and it really has got to that that point. Um, thanks to everybody for tuning in, um, on this Tuesday after the game. Really, really appreciate how many people tuned in over eight hundred. Colin's and Arush, I know you need to head off too so to everybody who's joined in Lawrence, Colin, thanks for joining me we'll be back um, all day this week in the build-up to the, St. Mur- the Camarnock game I uh, don't know where I get St. Munn from covering that, so thanks to everybody for joining us hail hail and again enjoy the rest of your new year and we'll be back again tomorrow, cheers
5: Sports Social, Podcast Network. Sports, Social Podcast Network. Sports 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 Social Podcast
0: Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
6: A laundry? Ooh, a book club!